Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Uh, Alan's here today, I'm here. I think maybe, you know, between us we've got half a brain, you know, and we're we're excited to be able to share that half a brain with you today. Uh, and so um, we're going to be talking about some reading, and Alan is a much better reader than I am, but, but we both would encourage you to be doing some reading, um, doing... Uh, making sure that you're adding some things to your repertoire all the time. And so today we want to share with you some things that we've been reading and going through. And hopefully they can help you. And I will tell you, you know, if you have a suggestion of a book or a podcast or something that you want to pass on our way, we'd love to hear from you that way as well. And we do thank you for taking time every day to listen to this, our podcast as well. So Alan, um, I know that uh, you've got several books that you have on your list, and I think it's a great list. I want you to to share with us some of those books that you've been going through. You know, Trent, one of the things that I appreciate so much is when someone tells me about a book that I wouldn't have known about. And so most of the books on my list are recommendations that came for specific reasons and for specific cause in my life. And the first one on that list is a book called Rare Leadership. And that's R-A-R-E, Rare Leadership, by uh, James Wilder and Marcus Warner. And it is a book that talks about the two sides of our brain. But in the way it talks about it is the fast track of our brain and the slow track of our brain. And such a fascinating book as they look at brain science and how it affects leadership. You know, our brains are wired a certain way so that we can lead. And leadership and management are so different. And I love how this book kind of delves into the, those two issues and how they look at that. Um, but the RARE, the R-A-R-E, has, uh, stands for something. It stands for remain relational, act like yourself, return to joy, and endure hardships well. And that is kind of the process that they actually take people through to learn how to lead through the fast track part of their brain. Uh, and not to manage out of the slow track part of their brain. Mm, I love this, Alan. And, and so, um, you know, I'm kind of a geek at heart. And so I like, I love the science part of this and um, the physiology part of it. And, and so this is a, this is a great book. I would encourage you all to um, check this out. Um, you can find it probably on Amazon, all kinds of different places. Um and I, I will tell you, and Alan and I both, we listen to a lot of our books from Audible or something, some other Audible source, uh, because we both have a lot of windshield time. We both drive a lot. We both visit a lot of churches. And so um, this might be one you could listen to and get a lot out of. Yeah, for me, that process is, and we'll come to my list of the things that I do more for the enjoyment of them, but I do all the books I, I want to do out of the enjoyment factor. I do all those on Audible and then the books that I feel like might have a, a leadership bent or a, a practical use. I like to read them still. I'm, I'm not quite as good of an auditory learner that way, and I don't remember where to find something. That's the hard part for me. But this <laughs> yeah. book, Rare, Rare Leadership, I think really touches in an area where I think is underdeveloped in the, in the Christian arena of leadership is how God has created us in this role. And there's some neat things in this book that the science certainly is there. 
but the part about just how how relationships work with leadership is certainly important. And one of the most quoted, uh, one of the best quotations that I've given my pastors, and I believe one you've shared as well, Trent, but is when leaders begin to be swayed by who is going to get upset, they are surrendering their guidance to the most emotionally unstable person in their group. And I cannot tell you how many pastors have resonated with the guilt of having done that at some point in time, that I have surrendered to the most unhealthy person by letting them have the influence out of fear of making them upset. Yeah, that is a great quote. And I did share, after you shared it with me, I shared it with several of my pastors that I knew, and I love that. Um, And, you know, we do, we we tend to um, be directed or confined because of fear a lot of times. And and so uh, I love that quote. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, sensational book. So that would be, and that would be my number one recommended book for pastors and and church leaders right now. Uh, The second one is Building a Second Brain. Uh, This one is more geared toward personal productivity. Uh, I struggle to keep everything in one spot and keep everything kind of organized. And this book was recommended as far as how to use your digital platforms to better manage your life and to organize and to work as your second brain. So you don't have to work harder. You can work smarter. We could all use a little bit of that um, in our life, but that's building a second brain by Iago Forte is his name. Mm, That's cool. And so we've got a theme going on here. We've got half a brain and a second brain. And my wife is my bigger part of my brain. So (laughs) We, we we need all the help we can get, Alan. This is good. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I need it really badly for people who know me and know how I shoot from one thing to another thing without sometimes thinking about what I'm doing. Like today, I had two lunch appointments uh, scheduled. Unfortunately, <laughs> one of them had need to cancel, so it looked like I was just running on normal, but but I wasn't. So you know, we could all use we could all use a second brain. The third book is one that I was a book on leadership. I love Patrick Lencioni, and he's he's written so many leadership fables. I love those leadership fables because they're stories with a point. It reminds me of how Jesus taught through parables and things like that. But I did not know that one called The Servant, a simple story about the true essence of leader, leadership, uh, written by James Hunter some 25 years ago really kind of set a standard for what we would find in this area. So I found that to be a really good book. It's an older book now, but still relevant, still enjoyable as a, as a, just a regular person's really trying to figure out what makes life tick. <laughs> and it really begins with our spiritual relationship, but it also understands this whole idea of servant. Now, you know, we talk a lot about servant leadership. I think one of the things we're going to see growing though, as we see this, Servant leadership is certainly a model of leadership, but Jesus was every kind of leader. And I think sometimes we want to just look at the servant side of Jesus and we forget all the other things that he had going on. There's a new term that I've seen called cognitive leadership. And again, I think that's an area that's underserved in the church world. But I think that's using like, how did God wire us to be leaders and how did Jesus intentionally said about his leadership process. And I actually kind of like that term. So I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing more things come out. 
about that. So those are kind of the three print books that I would really mm-hmm. talk about. The rest of my stuff, Trent, is stuff that I really enjoy. Um, when I'm driving along, and like you said, we get a lot of windshield time in the roles that we're in. I really enjoy history. So that's kind of my go-to thing. I've done a couple of John Grisham things and that's been okay. But what I really get excited about are, are good history books. And a lot has been World War II stuff and specifically aviation. And if you really want a book that'll just really move your heart by the end of the story, there's a book called A Higher Call. Adam Makos wrote that. Um, but it's about an American World War II pilot, and it's about a German World War II pilot whose lives intersect. And then some 60 years after the events of, that they encountered together, their lives are reunited. And it is a really just um, the story is told from each, each person's perspective. They lived long enough that the writer actually got to interview them and hear their stories directly powerful this is just a hugely hmm. hugely neat book so i would certainly yeah. recommend there's a one a target tokyo which was about the Doolittle raid on japan um early in world war ii uh again you learn a lot just about the history and about some of the things that some of the people endured uh, through that um i also uh, read a book called race of aces which was about uh, pilots in the pacific realm and their desire to maybe be the best um, at shooting down other other planes, but also I think it kind of jumps into the cost of seeking a personal goal over a team goal too, and what that can do to you. So I think there's some neat things you can actually learn from their story that would relate to ministry really well. And right now I'm, I'm doing one to break away from World War II. I'm I'm back in Valley Forge um, in the in the in the hard winter here, so. Um, we're we're working through valley forge but not quite finished with it well and i think that's so interesting alan that you know the things that you read for enjoyment um, the historical part of it um, and it really comes back to that cognitive leadership part that god has created us each differently Uh, now i read some books about george washington as well and um, now to show that we're all different, I listened to one of those while we're driving, and that put Dana to sleep really well. And so <laughs> we're all different, right? Uh, we like different things, but yeah. So that's that's Alan's list of things that he's been going through recently and um, learning about, and the things that he likes to do for enjoyment. And and let me just throw in here that we encourage you to to read some things for just for enjoyment, right? If you're like me, gosh, Alan, when we were getting out of seminary and after working on different um, degrees and things, you know, you're forced to read so many things that are you have to do that when it comes to just reading for enjoyment, you're like, oh, my gosh, I I can't put one more thing in my brain. I don't want to read anything. Right. Uh, But but really that's how you're going to get some great illustrations for your sermons is if you're a reader, you know, and if you're putting things into your heart and mind and God can use those things too. And when you think about sermon illustrations, if they're not a personal illustration, but you're looking for something else, where did most of them come, come from? Is some, some account or some story from history that you're starting to retell. So there's, there's important things that you can discover 
in different books. You mentioned uh, Washington, Ron Chernow's book on Washington, which is on Audible, is like a 40-some-odd-hour listen, yeah. <laughs> which I listen to every second of it. One of the, one of the best books I've ever read. Um, but there's some great stuff in there about how you become a leader. There's there's a lot of good stuff. We get so much from history, and history mm-hmm. is a great teacher if we're willing to, to learn from it. So, so again, that's something I enjoy. But you enjoy, you, you know, you enjoy a different type of book from me in some ways. We enjoy some of the same ones. In fact, several on your list are, are books I'm interested in. Uh, but but you have um, some writers that you're fond of that maybe aren't in my wheelhouse, but you really enjoy them. So let's talk through your list a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, well, and let me start off by saying that, um, again, Alan is a much better reader than I am. I do a lot of my stuff on Audible, or we found some other resources that, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I can't afford an Audible subscription, I totally get it. I have to pause mine every so often because I just I can't do it all the time. But your local library will also have some some audio books um, that you can get Um, or, you know, you don't have to buy books, you know, if you want to read them in the traditional format. So I would encourage you to check into a library. We've we've got two great libraries in our area and Dana and I have have checked into those and and used some of their both audio books and regular books as well. So but yeah, Alan. there are several books here that I have on my list. Um, one of the first ones is, um, we're kind of in the middle of it right now, but it's uh, from Chip and Dan Heath, and it's it's entitled Made to Stick, um, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And it's really interesting. And this was suggested to us from one of our pastors and his wife. Um, they're both were... Um, in the business world before they uh, came into ministry and marketing. And so that, you know, I love marketing and advertising kind of stuff. And, and this really stuck with them. And it's, it's interesting, but the whole point is, you know, what things, um, there are some things or some ideas that really click with people and they continue, they become viral. We'll talk about being viral and others die on the vine. So that's what this book is about. Yeah, if you're into the marketing side of things or you like ideas, th- this is a book that's filled with how do you make your ideas something that people really want to grasp a hold of. Wordsmithing is a big part of what they're doing. You know, how do you say take take a, a paragraph but say it in one sentence? Those are those mm-hmm. kinds of things. There's a lot of stuff in Made to Stick. That's a it's a fascinating book. It's been around a few years now, but it it relevance is just stays high because of its content is so practical and helping communicators communicate a truth. So what a, what a great resource. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think that this is an area you'd mentioned wordsmithing. I think that a lot of times pastors don't take enough time thinking about the phrases that they're going to use. And, and um, those words there are some words that will click with your people and some that won't. And so I really would encourage you to think about, you know, what are the words and phrases you're going to use in a sermon or as you're making a presentation to a board or to your church, you can phrase those things in ways that will help them to stick. We get frustrated with our people sometimes, Alan, 
because you were like, okay, they didn't catch any. You ask them a week later, what was the sermon about? <laughs> They're like, well, I don't know. You know, it's because we haven't given them handles to grab hold of. Um, and, and our words can be those handles. Yeah. How many times, though, Trent, have you been asked, well, what did you preach on last week? And you couldn't even remember what you preached <laughs> on the week before. Yeah. Because we're true. the same way, aren't we? We, yeah. we come up with all these ideas, but our ideas don't even stick with us. How can we mm-hmm. expect them to stick with other people? You know, I'm preaching out of Psalm 42 this coming week. Psalm that starts out as the deer pants for the water. Mm-hmm. So my soul longs after you. But it says, I, I was basically surviving on tears as food. Mm. You know, tears for food. I mean, is that an idea that sticks in our our minds? You know, why are Psalms powerful? Because the words resonate with us, and a phrase like that's just something that's gonna gonna stick with you. Know, words are, words are powerful, but our minds are powerful. Trent, what, what's mm-hmm. what's another book on your list here? Well, and you mentioned you know brain our brain studies, and so this one is uh, Craig Rochelle wrote a book called Winning the War in Your Mind changing your thinking and changing your life. And I really found this book to be really interesting. Um, It just got some great practical tools and tips. He tells a lot of his own story um, throughout this book. And I I love that, you know, the personal part of it. But he also gives very practical things on how to um, change the way that you think about different things. Um, And so I really would suggest this book by Craig Groeschels. Again, it's called Winning the War in Your Mind, Changing Your Thinking and Changing Your Life. Craig Groeschels does so much um, in, with his, you know, ser- basically sermons to print in books. And this is one of those. And he's done a lot of them. He has a kind of a big library now of resources. But you got to admire, too, that, you know, not only will he, you, can you buy the book, but you can go back and he's got free resources that you can tie into whether you want to preach a similar message series or all kinds of stuff. Cause he gives so much away. I certainly admire that part about Craig and, and the ministry that they've done at life church. So a lot of neat stuff there. Mm-hmm. And to go along with that, Alan, I would remind pastors that life church not only gives away Craig's stuff, but they have all kinds of stuff that they produce for different events and you can go and download that stuff for free. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that you can find on their website that you can use and they give it away to you um, because they want you to be, uh, have the tools you need to be successful at your church as well. So um, let's move on to the next one here, Alan. Um, one of the books that I really, really would encourage people to grab hold of is um the ruthless, the ruthless. I can't even say that word. <laughs> the ruthless elimination of hurry. Um, this is by John Mark Comer, and um, we have to tell you a bit of our story to how we got hold of this book. But um, when we first came into this new position, Dana and I, my wife and I, we 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 were just putting everything we had into it, and we got to the end of our first year, and we were like holy cow, we haven't taken hardly any time off. And so we started meeting with uh, a couple from Standing Stones Ministry, and they just helped us to realize that we weren't taking Sabbath, taking any rest. And so they suggested this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And wow, it has has really changed us in the way that we that we look at things. And so now we we schedule in Sabbath rest. And it does. it's not always the same day. 
but we make sure that we schedule in some Sabbath rest in our week every week. And so I would really encourage you to, to look into this. I've had several pastors say to me, man, I just feel like I'm burning the candle at both ends. I never have any time to stop. And, and by the way, Sunday is not a Sabbath day for most pastors. And so I would suggest that you read this book and then start thinking through where your Sabbath rest comes. I might add, Trent, it's not even a Sabbath for most of the people in our church either because of their volunteering and helping and working. Um, that's not their Sabbath either, uh, any more than it is ours when we're up there teaching and preaching. So um, the ru- ruthless elimination of hurry. Neither of us can say the word ruthless. It's just because, <laughs> yeah. just because we're so nice, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, we're not ruthless. Right. But <laughs> but you you would highly recommend this. I kind of get the idea where if I recommended just one book to read, mine would be Rare Leadership. I would encourage everyone mm-hmm. to read that. I think right now, if you had just one book to pick, you would probably pick this one. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this has been a life changer for us. And so I would really recommend that you find this one. And I, another book that is on the same topic, um, it's by a, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi. It's called A Day to Create Yourself. And I haven't read it yet, but I've heard some good things about that book. So I'm looking into that. It's on the same topic, though. And so um, I, I would suggest that one, but um, there's another couple that I've been through that I think are um, I think are important. Um, as we changed um, from being a pastor to um, this new role, I got to realize that there are some things that I needed to change, some skills I needed to add, and so I came across a book that's called "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." Um, how Successful People Become Even More Successful. And this is by uh, Marshall Goldsmith and Mark Ryder. But a uh, really interesting book um, because it, it comes from a business leadership um, background, you know, and, and looking at business leaders who move from one type of position to a different one and, and how they thought that they could just do the same things and it doesn't work out well. And so... Uh, Goldsmith and Ryder really do a great job of, of encouraging you to find some feedback from your people and see what things are working and what things are not. So I, w- I would encourage you, if you're changing positions, that's a great book to look into. One of the things I think is important when we're talking about how do you go about picking a book, I think it comes from recommendations. That's one of the things we mentioned earlier. But I also think that one of the things that is important is, is that not all of the books on your shelf, especially if you're a pastor, they shouldn't all be Christian leadership books. They shouldn't all be Christian organization books. I think it's important to to get a little broader than that in your reading to see what are some of those things that they're saying in the in a, in a business world or the academic world, whatever world that is so that you are a little more well-read, so that you can see things from a different perspective, because those are the resources, too, that your people are going to be reading. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones they're going to relate to, so it can help you in that way. Not that you shouldn't, you know, like Craig Rochelle has books on Christian leadership, and, and they're fantastic, but there's also business books out there that are very helpful. We mentioned Patrick Lencioni early, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, There are others, but I think it's important to do that. So make sure that you are taking some time to do that. 
Yeah. You know, Alan, one of my goals when I first started college was to be what I call a renaissance man, uh, to be able to talk with anybody about any topic, at least for a little bit. Um, and so uh, that was always my goal. And so, like you said, being able to read books in other areas allows you to grow your your base of knowledge so that you can talk with people. I think this is a really important deal. Uh, and you mentioned books that were suggested to you. Um, this next author, John Gordon, I, one of my former college students when I was in college ministry, um, he's now a pastor, and he suggested um, John Gordon. And I've read The Energy Bus and Training Camp. And both are tremendous books. He's a Christian author. But he does that, um, the uh, parable style you know, he, he writes in a story format. And so I, I've really enjoyed his, his books as well. Yeah, the Energy Bus Training Camp and The Carpenter, just some of the ones that you wrote down here on the list, if people are interested in checking him out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we heard a long time ago, it was that old saying, today a reader, tomorrow a leader. Well, that's not really fully true. Um, you have to <laughs> apply apply principles that you learn. But if you're not learning something new, you're going to struggle um, to maintain your leadership. So can, we need to find ways to put good things into our lives that, that help advance us, that help us grow, that are beyond what we do in our role in ministry. And that's what some of these resources are meant for, to just help us get better at what we do. Right. And there's all kinds of other books that Alan and I both could um, add to this list and, and share with you. Maybe you have some suggestions, too, that you would like to suggest. Um, you know, we don't have the exhaustive list. And Alan and I are always trying to find other resources. And I would encourage you, if you're a pastor that is able to go and buy books, or, uh, audio books or regular books, um, keep in mind that there are bivocational guys out there that are working really hard and have little bitty churches who can't afford to have a budget for him to buy books. So if you could pass on books that from your library to some of those guys that are bivocational, it would be a real blessing to them so that they could, um, you know, get caught up in some of these books that you found as well. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. And, we do this so that you will endure, and that's why you give to someone else so they can endure, because that's what we want to have is churches and ministries that last over the course of time. So, again, thanks for joining us today. We hope today we've just given you some thoughts, uh, kind of giving you an inside scoop of what's going on in, in our fields of study and what we're doing to grow, and hope maybe one of those will be a book that resonates with you and that you'll check it out. Uh, drop us a note. Let us know what you're reading um, but again, we thank you for taking time to listen to us and be a part of the Enduring Church's family. And we look forward to catching you on our next episode.